Welcome to episode 33. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast, and I am your host, Gail M. Davis. Being an interior designer is more than creating beautiful spaces. It's about articulating a vision and more importantly, being a valuable resource to clients. Join me as I gather insights from fellow architects, people of the trade, interior designers, and most importantly, the clients who value us. I am super lucky for today's guest. He is actually a former classmate. Um, And just when I say an incredible person, he really is what you see is what you get. And um, I just feel very fortunate to know him. So let me tell you about Mr. Drew McGugan. He tackles the interior design world with a unique level of energy, great pace, and integrity. He is known for a touch of the unexpected combined with beautiful textures and bold patterns that vibrate with a perfect amount of sophistication, warmth, innovation, style, and approachability. While classically trained, this self-proclaimed pattern addict has fast become one of the leading contemporary designers in today's market. As he would put it, I've never been a wallflower, and he isn't. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And I am bringing him back on because he is just, you know, I say this about everybody, but I'm fortunate to have some amazing people in my life that I know, but he is definitely the bee's knees. So without further ado, here's Mr. McGillian. Hey, Drew, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to finally have a chat with you. Gail, I'm so glad to be here. It's just like old times, you know, back in that nice atelier, yes. waving each other across the room. Yes. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. And also, was it art history we took together where we would sit in the back and you'd be like, you know, we, we don't need to know this. We're, we're just going to be really good. We're, we're going to have a great successful business. We don't have to worry about this stuff. That <laughs> sounds about like something I would say. Yeah, you were fun. Meanwhile, taking copious notes undercover. Right, so right. right. <laughs> yes. So let's just get started. What was your first career before design? I actually sold residential real estate in Atlanta, Georgia before I endeavored interior design as my next frontier. Wow. And what, what, how did you land in interior design or what made you want to make the transition? Were you helping clients stage or what was it? And why New York and not Atlanta? You know, it, it, a little of all the above. I think that I really found my love of space through real estate. I think part of real estate came to me at 19 years old because I bought my first condo and I just, The whole experience, I absolutely loved it. I begged my broker, I was a college student at the time, I begged my broker to let me be her little part-time assistant. So I literally ran around blowing up balloons and stomping signs in the ground for weekend open houses. Uh, And I just, I thought, this is what I'm gonna do with my life. I I love this. I couldn't wait to get behind the next door to see how people live. I was so curious and, you know, all the ways that people organize. And over the course of 10 years, I just found that I really, 
sort of had this knack for space and understanding space. And in those days, it was boomtown, you know, in, in a great economy and you could sell your home yourself at a dinner party. So like bringing a sense of style and finesse and, you know, you should rearrange this way or we need to cut in a window here. Those were all tools that I was able to use to my advantage to have a very successful career in real estate at that time. And then over the course of the internet boom, and I know that sounds so crazy, but like when I first started selling real estate, the internet was not nearly what it is now in terms of sales. And so it really just completely shifted the whole thing. It became very exhausting. And I I started leaning into what I love the most, which was what the actual spaces themselves were doing. Nice. So that led me to New York because I thought if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it at the top. So I I came to the New York School of Interior Design and haven't looked back since. Nice. No, you have just been blazing a trail. Now I don't recall you didn't start working for anybody outside of school. I mean, after school, you just went out into your own business, correct? I really did. And while we were in school, I worked part time for a designer. Um, he was he was a one man show at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'd, I'd run a successful business before. I knew what it was like to be an independent contractor. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do this one of two ways. I'm either going to just dive off the deep end and go mm-hmm. or I'm going to work, you know, an apprentice under some just mega superstar designer at right. the top of the heap in New York City. And I always jokingly say that my business started itself because I had a number of best friends who, you know, had beautiful apartments in New York and had really started families and began to sort of cultivate my business for me, really. They're like, can you help me do this? Oh, my friend needs help doing that. And so next thing you know, I just I I had a business literally out of my second bedroom. Wow. And how long was it before you started taking people on to grow your business? Or was it you just were a one-man show for a while? I hired my first part-time assistant within the first six months of business. Just because I I just, I could not keep up with the amount of logistics and paperwork and, you know, Mm -hmm. follow-up and all those things. So it it started there. And then I would say by the end of maybe the first year, right after I had my first full-time employee in addition to a part-time assistant. And we just really grew from there. And over the course of now, this is my 10th year in business. Um, wow. What a way to, what a way to count 10 years, huh? Yeah. Coronavirus. I know. Yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> really, really. Nice really. way to like frame up a decade. Um, but uh, I've, I've sort of teetered back and forth between five and seven people over the course of all these, these years, probably for the last seven, six, seven years strong in that, in that range. And I, I found that that's sort of the sweet spot of still being able to have a hand in everything, still being, you know, a true creative director mm-hmm. of, of all the things coming through and, you know, versus being really too big to, to, to have, to touch everything and, and relying on, you know, top generals in your firm to, right. to focus forward. Do you have a favorite aspect of the business? Like, is it interfacing with clients? Is it the designing? Is it the AutoCAD? Like, what is your favorite and what is your least favorite? You know, I think my favorite is um, 
making it come together. I know that encompasses a lot of things, but I think it's the vision. It's the big picture. I think that pretty quickly I, I can sum up that vision and that core philosophy about what the project is going to be or wants to be or should be or what the space is calling for. That's my favorite, favorite, favorite part. And then my job on the team is really just rounding up all the monkeys and making sure they're staying in that barrel. The whole time. <laughs> uh, what is the mo go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, just, not, just trying not to deviate from that vision, that mission statement, that plan, because, you know, clients, employees, mm. people, creatives, artists, I mean, everyone has an opinion, the neighbor, the friend, I mean, yes. these projects that go on for 18 months. You know, and, and you're just constantly like weaving everybody back onto plan. Yeah. So how do you, th that's the one thing. Do you have a niche? Do you only deal with a certain level, like, you know, the husband and wife or professional business people or bachelors or something to make it easier for you? Because that is something when you do a presentation, everyone walks away. They're so excited about the vision. And then it's like a day or two later, you start getting these emails with, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or my friend or my mother-in-law or, you know, just different things. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I don't have a, I mean, I don't have a client type. I always say that no job is too big or too small as long as we're paid fairly for our time and our expertise. I love that. End of story. That, that's, that's it. We, we do jobs at every level and I'm always excited because I think any amount of money designated to your surroundings and creating a beautiful home is a gracious gift to yourself. And so to be discouraging of, you know, I, I hear designers be like, oh, I would never take that job. It's too small. And I think, you know, a lot of small jobs have led to enormous jobs for me. So I, I don't yes, agree. really think of it that way. I just think of it as I'm willing to do anything if you're willing to pay me. Um, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I like so that. That can be a whole different podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. There's people that I've met where, you know, they're like, I, I'm not like you. I would never do a room. And I used to feel bad about it. And then I was like, well, that room normally leads to a house or it leads to, you know, a family member that has deep pockets. And they're like, hey, can you come do this? So I was like, I, I don't think you should like poo poo anything. Just listen and hear it out. And if it's a not a job for you, because maybe it's just, they just want paint or something, like just be mindful in your delivery and how you, you know, kiss them goodbye. Well, not only that, I mean, I'm 10 years in and I have clients on my roster right now that are 10 years old, seven and eight. And, and I find that, you know, sometimes we are doing just a room for a client that we've worked with for 10 years and this room happens to be a nursery or this room might be a college student's dorm room or this, I mean, it's like all these things, but these are also people that we've done their main house and we've done their second house and we've done their beach house and we've done their grandmother's house. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's sort of the same client. And so I think discouraging that is just not smart business on, on, on my end because, you know, 50% of our business is clients that we've been working with for eight to 10 years. 50% of what we do are people that we've known a long time. We know how we get paid. Everyone knows the program. We know what colors they like. It's, right. it's really very streamlined in a lot of ways. No, that's perfect. Look, and that's why I wouldn't leave the door open because there's my crazy dog, um, <laughs> which I'm so sorry, everybody. But listen, I do this out of my house. So what? how does your client find you? Is it referrals or is it... Do you do advertising at all? Because I don't think I've ever seen it. I feel like it's all word of mouth for you. 
it, it's all referral and you know amazingly social media has been such an incredible tool i think a lot of people you know have taken note notice there um i, I have a whole thing about not being afraid to show behind the scenes or the process or the ugly side of it or sort of the realistic side of it. And I think that inspires some people. They realize that, you know, it, it isn't all glamorous and it does uh -uh. take a little bit of, you know, ebb and flow to get there. So that has also been a real, a real hotspot for me in terms of client development. And then it's like each project, you know, I actually sit back and listen and think about and review when a project doesn't give us another project referral because I, I want to know what's wrong because almost every project I've ever done has has resulted in a referral. Oh, that's interesting. And how do you find that out? And what do they tell you? What was, is it money or is it just like? Sometimes it's just the obvious. I mean, there are, there are moments that it's just a personality thing that right. they just, you just probably should have never worked to begin with. And, and I think that's what you learn over the course of many years in business is how to like spot those in advance and not get yourself tangled up into them. Mm -hmm. um, but some of it's that. And then, uh, you know, some of it is just people. I, I really think it has more to do with, with people than the work. I think, I think interior design can be fashion for some people and they're ADD and all over the place. It's mm -hmm. like, I'll work with this designer here and that designer there. Oh, yes. you know, So there's, there's that personality type. And then I think there's the like, loyal personality type that knows that knows your beat you know their beat and that's the beat they love and you know they just want that until the end of time mm -hmm. and then um you know i think there are also i hate to say it out loud but you know sometimes you just you as the designer don't enjoy the process or the client or the way that they move through decision making and you kind of yourself say i don't, I don't know if i want to put myself through that again no that's that's very real it can be indecisiveness that just is painful after you have already agreed or you know just paralyzed with fear um what is your most valuable lesson that you have learned being in business you know the most valuable lesson that i have learned being in business is that is the lesson of life across all channels it's just communication communication is the answer to all things you cannot over communicate in this business you cannot ask too many questions. You cannot, you know, trust but verify too many times. You cannot, you know, I think of a great example recently, a client we're making this very expensive custom wooden base sofa deal. Mm -hmm. And we had this whole thing, or, or my uh, vendor even bought this special tool that was gonna like chip away parts and it's gonna have this whole textural thing on it. And um and he sent me the images of the finished sort of carcass frame. And it was so clean and contemporary and beautiful. And I thought we were just about to start the texturizing process that day. And I said, you know, hold, let me just one last time mm -hmm. send these progress images to the client. And the client was like, you know, don't touch it. I love it as it is. Forget the texture. And, and, and to me, that was just another moment of like, we all signed off. We all knew it was going to be textured. Right. We all knew what the end result should be, but by that little bit more piece of communication, you, you ended up with just an even happier client. So I think communication is probably the biggest thing, not being afraid to hit things head on when they're bad or celebrate head on when they're good. Mm -hmm. um, the people here, well, I've, there's so much I still have to ask you. The people that you have hired 
do they stay on for like the 10 years or have they gone off to do their own business and have they done it the right way to receive your blessing as opposed to like being shady and trying to take a client? How do you normally, how do you- I mean, have- I've ha- I really have had all of the above. I think anybody hiring any, anyone in this world today, I mean, I, I lovingly joke that millennials have an 18 month expiration date <laughs> and I, I just believe it. It's like, I mean, I like plan for it in my business, but you know, I have had one person that has been around for eight years, which is incredible. And then I've had, a, I've had a variety of everything um, below what, what I find that um, most young designers don't have the patience for putting in the time, you know, just putting Amen. in the time to get there. Agree. And I've had, you know, I've had some amazing designers that have gone off to do their own thing. I think sometimes I'm like the, you know, independent school for, you know, <laughs> pioneering young designers to go and start their own businesses, but maybe every one of us still that way. Right. But right. Um, I, if I had one complaint or if I had one set of advice, it's just, if that's the path you're going to choose to work for another designer, then you know, you have to know going in that the path is about just the time, putting in the time, right. you know, to get there. So right. it's, uh, I, I have really been blessed to work with some incredible design minds, young and old, and, I don't know, but I would trade my path. Do you feel education is a key factor or, you know, cause some people just go, I can pick colors. I'm really great. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a designer. And you're like, well, you were just a shoemaker yesterday. Yeah, how, exactly. do you, how do you feel about I that? Woke up an interior designer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she just woke up an interior designer. Yes. Hanging curtains. yes. Um, that's when you want to be like, they're called draperies. Thank you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I just think that's really it to me. The difference between good and great is nuance. And so I, I believe education provides that nuance. And so I'm pretty committed to working only with teammates that are, you know, have graduated and, or are actively participating in an interior design program accredited with some institution, you Mm -hmm. know, that is meaningful. Uh, and that's my commitment, but, uh, you know, that's also the commitment that I made as a career changer, going back to school and educating myself and stopping my life to live out of my savings account to like really undertake a very diligent and valuable education. And I think it's, again, nuance is the difference between good and great. Are there a lot of good designers that were not educated? Absolutely. But as a great designer, I use that bit of education as a tool to advance. Love it. Love it. So before we go, handsome friend, where can the people find you? Uh, I would love you to follow me at Instagram at Drew McGookin, or you can always have a look at our portfolio at DrewMcGookin.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this time with you and I definitely want to have you back on. Let's do it. I loved it. It's great. To, <laughs> it's great to be back together. Yay. All right. Bye-bye. Hey there. I need your help. If you love the show, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you are an Android or Windows user. Your feedback helps me to create shows that will provide lots of value. And in the meantime, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gail Davis Design. Thanks so much, beautiful people.